0: Thank you so very much, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much.
1: I'm so thrilled you're here. I'm going to just do a formal introduction. I'm going to you know, uh, give a little bit of your background for those who don't, who don't know you and those that do, so we can formally welcome you and then we'll turn it over to you. Um, so, grandmother Fotomayo is a Kirindera Espiritu, For a healer of divine spirit, you can tell us how you really say that in a moment, Fortamaya. As a seer, she has the ability to see other realms of color, light, and sound. She was born and raised in the highlands of Central America by her mother, a midwife, and a family of Mayan healers. Fortamaya travels the globe to share her healings and to foster a more spiritual understanding among humanity. Fortamaya is a founding member of the Church of the Spiritual Path, The confederation of indigenous elders of the americas institute of natural and traditional knowledge the international council of 13 indigenous grandmothers grandmothers of the sacred we and the mother earth delegation of united indigenous nations so grandmother fortemaya just a giant giant welcome and thank you for joining us today
0: thank you so very much it is my my pleasure to be here with everyone. Thank you, Ariel, the organization for having me here. I really want to acknowledge the beautiful presentation that Mandani uh, just presented. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, and also it is a time for everyone to be completely reawakened and to join our hearts, our human hearts with mother nature's hearts and sacred uh, places. So, you know, with the beauty in the way that he explained it, called out their names, we could feel the incredible energy and vibration that is being sent to each and every one of us. So for me, I'm so, so happy that uh, it's now my turn to say some something.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I will um, I will turn it over to you. And and also when you were speaking, it just reminded me, you know, the, the the special the Mayan the day on the Mayan calendar that is today. It's two, and I don't know if I'll pronounce it two bots, b a t z. Yes. Uh- Mm -hmm. that's is today and when we first started talking about the conference you brought up the day and the significance of the day and the energy of today as far as weaving sacred higher energies together to create a more beautiful existence is is what i remember uh you sharing and and i feel like it we've already we've already started and and with Mindahi, and we will continue that with you and with everyone that is joining us. So,
0: yeah. The also the beauty of the day is also that it represents the connection. It's the umbilicus between us as humans when we speak our prayers. It's the it's the umbilicus of of the prayer between us and the Creator. So it's a beautiful um, auspicious day. Uh, to be doing this conference at this particular day.
1: Absolutely. So, Grandmother Fotomayor, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you.
0: I'd like to to share with everyone several experiences that um, I've had uh, in sacred sites. And uh, one of the experiences that I'd like to share with you um, First of all, I'd like to say a couple of things and acknowledge a couple of words. Acknowledge my beloved teacher, Don Alejandro Cerillo Perez Oshlak. Um, he is also known as Wakitil um, Utio, meaning wandering wolf. Um, my teacher, who is still uh, with us. Here in the physical, he is in his late 90s. Um, At this moment, I am aware that he is doing well. And when I was doing my sacred walk, uh, myself, his beloved wife, Doña Cayita, and others, he took us to the sacred site, in Copan. And this is Copan, Honduras. This is one of the largest uh, Maya site uh, in Central America. And there he was uh, teaching us uh, the readings of the glyphs. And he spoke in depth of the glyphs and he instructed us on how to become one with all that was there and how to connect to do our prayers to uh ask for permission we did ceremony for uh permission coming into the site we um In our prayers, uh, we also ask for advice and for wisdom, for us to be able to understand what it was that we were seeing, how it was that we were walking in a respectful manner, bringing also offerings to the site. And as we were walking, I remember Don Alejandro, um speaking about this particular stella and the stella is a stone that had been erected with something important that had happened and so it has all of these picture writings known as glyphs and it was the end of the day and it was the end of like 10 days of of Physically walking to the to some sites, and I remember that um, at the end of the day, I noticed one tiny little glyph, and I later on after the class and all, everybody was going into a moment of relaxation. I remember asking him and saying to him, "Don Alejandro." Um, Just wanted to double check. I noticed that uh, you didn't say much about this particular glyph. Of course, he said to me, what did the glyph look like? So I explained to him what it looked like. And so he said to me, kind of shaking his head, something like what a parent would do with, with a child. And he looked at me and he said to me, daughter, um, why don't you pray on it? See what, see what the invisible beings tell you. And so I took that, um, those few words and, um, I embraced them and I told him that I was going to, to pray on it. And, um, and, and that was, that was pretty much it. So I prayed Um, not to make this a very, very long story, but I prayed for a year. Every every day, morning and evening, I prayed. And I asked to receive the wisdom of this particular glyph. I'm going to show to everyone um, the glyph. And as the invisible voice, that, that came to me at the temple of the golden child in these temples that I have erected here in New Mexico, the temples for humanity. Um, I was at the temple and I was doing something very, very mundane, like cleaning the floors. I was by myself and I hear an invisible being calling my attention. And the being said, Flor de Mayo,
3: about the glyph.
0: And then it totally got my attention. I put everything aside and I said, yes, yes, about the glyphs, I'm listening. And like a child, I started to look At the roof and around the walls to see if i could actually see this this being that was speaking to me so just to let everybody know it was a two-part question the question that i asked was about the glyph and then the other question that i had for the invisible being why is it that the maya always speak about yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we're always being told, we are the children of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so it was a two-part question that this holy being was uh, answering me. And so I have the glyph here for everyone to see. And so the holy being said to me, imagine this oblong." This is you, Flor de Mayo. And in the middle, there was a line that was drawn down. And the being said, and this line here is your sacred,
3: your sacred walk. On
0: this side, the bigger area is clear and there's a little window here and that's obscure. On the opposite side, the bigger area is obscure and the, and the little window inside is clear.
3: This is to let you know
0: that each and every one of us, each of us humans, as we walk every day, we have We step ourselves in the area of the mundane, everyday life, family, children, work, school, whatever our mundane life is. And on the other side is our monastic life, whatever length of time we spend in prayer.
3: If we spend a lifetime
0: in prayer, we're going to have moments of darkness. And and then also, if we spend a lifetime in the monastic world, we're going to have moments of clarity. And it, it just sent me into this other place. And I said, yes, yes. And I was like, I I, I get it, I understand. And so um, the Holy One said about the second question, Flor de Mayo, um, about the humans living today, yesterday and tomorrow. Well, imagine that you are surrounded by a necklace of pearls. And so all these tiny, tiny little pearls uh, were put around the the sacred drawing. And then the voice said, imagine that this is you, Flor de Mayo. And I remember that this little pearl started to emanate light. And the being said, this is you right now. But if you want to go into the past, you travel in this direction through this golden thread of light. And this was a golden thread that connected the little pearls on this side. But if you wanted to go into the future, you move in this direction and the little pearls were connected through the thread of light and they moved about left and right and in a continuous circle. So the holy being said to me, in essence, you are walking. You're here today, but you walk in the past. You walk in the future and it's all happening at one time. And it was just this incredible awakening for me to to receive um, this beautiful, beautiful uh, teaching from an invisible being. Of course, I lit up my fire. I did my small little fire ceremony. I send my prayers out into the universe, into into all creation. And I send my gratitudes. As I've gotten older, I've used a humming of gratitude that I'm going to share with everyone. So, in my prayers, I also do this.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It connects me between the heart of the Heavens, the Beloved Father, and the heart of the Earth, the Beloved Mother. And I become the child of this vibrational energy. And so I invite you to to do that in your your prayers or just to um, align yourself. the the next experience that i like to share with you i was uh invited to to visit the serpent mountain in ohio i was invited by the parks department i remember receiving the the phone call and as i was speaking to the parks department, um, in the conversation, I heard an invisible being speaking to me. And the way that the invisible beings speak to me is that they call my name. And so when I hear my name, everything stops. And so I'm on the phone and I said in silence to the invisible being, I'm, I'm here, I can hear you. And so the parks department was talking to me about how they wanted me to come down and do ceremony. Um, everything was fine, except the holy one said to me, Florida de Mayo, ask if you can stay on the land. And so I did that. I waited for the gentleman to stop speaking, and um, you know he asked me if I had any questions, and I said yes. I said I have. I have a question. I said, "Can I stay overnight? Can I stay on the land? Can I can I be there with the serpent at night?" And so he right away said, "Oh, Grandma Flor de Mayo, this is." a national park, we don't allow anyone to stay. We have the parks keepers and, you know, we but we don't allow the public to come in and stay overnight. So I was very quiet. And, um, and then after the, the silence, he said to me, Grandmother Flor de Mayo, would you still come if you cannot stay on the land? So I said, No, I said, I cannot come. The reason I can't come, I said, because a holy being is speaking to me right now. And the holy one is telling me to stay on the land. And if I don't have permission to stay on the land, I will not come. So he kind of waited a little bit. And then he said to me, Grandma, let me call you back. And so that happened, he hung up and then I went to do my whatever I was doing. And later on, I got a phone call. I can't say that it was the same day, the same, the same week, the same month, but I did get a call back. And so the Parks Department again, they wanted to invite me and, uh, um, and this time they said that they will provide a sleeping area for me. And so I said, okay, you know, if this is going to happen, then this is good. I said, I'll be there. So they gave me the, all, all the information, and the time came that I was going to be there. And I don't know if it was like the spring equinox or the fall equinox, but I put out the uh, information, and there for a ceremony, we had about 500 people that came from as far north as Canada and as far south as uh, Florida, because everybody's on the, on the East coast there. And so we did a whole day of ceremony, prayer, fire ceremony, chanting, drumming, um, all day long. And then it was, um, five o'clock and everybody had to leave. And I was instructed by the parks department to be the first one to leave because they did not want anybody else to kind of stay there because I was staying. So I made a big exit and said goodbye to everybody, make sure everybody saw me leave. And that was like one of their of their request, you know, that I had to make a big deal about leaving so that everybody can leave after me. So everybody everybody left and they closed the park. And then later on, I was invited to come back and stay overnight. What happened to me at the Serpent Mountain was something that is still in my being, because it was so, so profound.
3: I remember
0: being in an area where it's very, very close to the serpent's head. I was like on the shoulder of the serpent. And I could see from where I was the beautiful, beautiful egg that she carries in her mouth, and I remember looking at the heavens, and I was with a dear friend, and she was playing the drum. This also, she was playing this uh, sacred instrument that's called a hung, this um, uh, metal metal instrument, drum kind of. And so I started to have this incredible uh, witness of of these incredible orbs of light that were ascending from the heaven. It was just like I was, and we were showered, everybody that was there, there were some people there that that came to, to guard me, I, I guess that's the the word you know that that the parks use, and they set me up with a little cot in a, in a tent, but of course, I did not want to be inside i I was outside the whole night, and so we we prayed and uh And my friend uh, sung songs, and she played the instruments until daylight. But during that time, I witnessed all of that, this beautiful, beautiful light coming in from the heavens. And in the midst of all of that, I also experienced, which... It's still something that um, lives within me. A grandmother materialized right uh, next to me. And the grandmother was sitting in a in a very small little rocking chair. And I remember turning towards my right and looking at her, I was aware that of the people that were there, but grandma was not one that was supposed to be there. So I kind of said to her, grandma, where did you come from? And at this moment I stood up from where I was and I, I got in a position where I was face to face with the grandma. I said to her, uh, Grandmother, where did you come from? And she said to me, child, I've come to tell you that I am of your mom's people. At this moment, I got a little closer to the grandma. And the reason that I got very close to the grandma because I'm saying to myself, my mom's people I was thinking about does the grandmother have the familiar face the familiar um nose mouth eyes that my mother my grandmother has had i thought about that i thought i was looking for the familiar familiarity about the this grandmother and my grandma and mom
3: and I got really, really close to her and
0: she said to me, it is your mom's people that built these mounds.
3: And I said to her grandmother,
0: I'm the first generation that has traveled Into these mounds. I'm the first generation that is here in this United States. So I said, I don't know of my grandmother's people being here. She said to me, Child, I assure you that your people built these mounds. And so that was the whole thing. Before I knew it, I started to get very close to the grandmother. And I realized that she was not breathing. I did not see her chest moving up and down. And as soon as I realized that, she disappeared. And so that kind of took me on an incredible, incredible journey where um, the image of the grandmother, the essence of the grandmother, the spirit of the grandmother, the light of the grandmother, it was all within me. I came home and my husband um, said to me, are you like all right? And I said to him, no, I said, I've had this experience. So as he was asking me, I became very emotional because I could like feel the grandmother just moving throughout my body. And I said to my husband, I said, is there any way that I could find out through my DNA if I'm related to the people in Ohio? I I couldn't even say the word Ohio. It's like very foreign to me. And so my husband didn't say very much. He just said, you know, I'm sure that that it could be done. And then he left the room before I knew it. I received this um, uh, test kit and he did do my my test and mailed it and it all came back. And it showed that 2000 years ago my my grandma's people were out in the Ohio area and then they came back into Central America, traveled into as far South America as Colombia, and then came back into Central America. So I have been very, very touched by that and it's something that I always enjoy talking about because um there are things that we're attracted to sites and places but we don't know the root of it like when was it that we stood in that sacred site and did ceremony and prayer so all of that you know energy was brought back i'm gonna do my my humming of gratitude again
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so the third vision that I'm going to share with everyone is, um, It was like sometime in January, some time ago, over a decade ago. And um, I'm asleep, I'm in deep, deep sleep. And I was awakened again by
3: a voice.
0: And the voice woke me up and said, Flo de Mayo. And I opened my eyes and I'm just laying there in bed. My husband is next to me and um, I also we also have a dog that I love so much. His name is Jack and my little dog is there and also I at the time had another little dog her name is Judy and so I have both of my puppies with me and and the invisible voice uh, says to me, I, "I want you to bring people to New Mexico." And I thought about it as a human. I thought about it, and I answered, "Bring people to New Mexico in my in my little house." I mean. My house is like 700 feet square. I mean, it's about that big. And I said, my little house? I was like confused. And I'm arguing with the invisible voice by saying, my little house? I don't have any room in my little house. How am I going to bring people to New Mexico? And the other thing I brought on was, yeah, my husband loves his privacy. How am I going to bring people to New Mexico? And I had all kinds of things that I was like saying in my mind. And the voice came back and said to me, now, like that like really, really forceful. So at that moment, I apologized, I went into prayer. And of course I said, you know, I will try my best because that's all we can do is try our best. And so I went into prayer, January, February, March, April, May. On the fifth month, I received a phone call very, very early in the morning. I was still in bed. And it was one of the neighbors here in Estancia calling me to come and pick up the keys to the 40 acres. And 40 acres is this property that used to belong to my daughter and her husband, my daughter, Heather, and they sold the property uh, at an owner's contract and they didn't want to be there anymore. So they wanted me to pick up the keys. So I jumped out of bed and put a shawl on, I had my pajamas on. So I went over there and as I'm walking into the property, he's driving out with his family and he gave me the keys and, and he said, um, I, don't, I don't need anything. In other words, he was leaving everything that was there. So this place, other than being 40 acres, it had one small little structure, which is um, an octagonal little house, a hogan made out of adobe. And I came in, I parked the car and I saw everything around there. Meaning as a mom and grandma, it was like a mess. And I went into prayer, not really knowing what I was up against. And I stood in front of the little door as a tiny, tiny little porch. And I stood there early, that early, early in the morning. And I said to, um, to the Holy Ones and the Beloved Mother, I said, Beloved Mother, is this where you want me to bring the people
3: to New Mexico? There
0: was this incredible silence um, that we uh, experience when we're connecting with, with spirit. And in the middle of the silence, there was this essence, this something that touched my cheek. And it gave me a kiss. I didn't hear it like a kiss, but I felt it. It just like grabbed my cheek. And in my, in my imagination, in my mind, I felt like something touched me and kissed me. And it was the sweetest feeling And I don't mean to say that I imagined this, but I'm thinking, how do you translate, you know, something invisible that is touching you? Some things that happened to me, I really don't have the language, but it was something invisible that touched me and kissed me like that. And when that happened, It was the okay for me. And so I went into prayer and I said to the beloved mother that I was going to come uh, into the site and into the site, meaning into the Hogan and do some water ceremony, some cleansing water ceremony so that I can receive a vision as to, as to what to do.
3: And so I did that. And
0: in the vision, the first vision that I had was I saw myself and my daughter coming into this land of the 40 acres, coming in, in through the the gate. And as we walked into the gate, we uh, came to the center of the land, of the 40 acres. And we were at the center of the 40 acres. And both of us, we were split up into twos, and then we were split up into fours. And so there was an image of, of both of us in the four directions. And what we did is that we prayed together and then we squatted on the ground and we blessed the ground with our menstrual. But the beauty of all of this is that what that means is that we were blessing every inch of the land in this this vision. I continued to to have consecutive, consecutive visions. And I started to first vision to, um, to make these uh, bundles of seeds. And the bundles were uh, made these little tiny little bundles for newborn children, for little little bitty children. And the beloved mother was guiding me on how to make them. And I, at that moment was sitting in a little rocking chair like the grandmother was sitting in her rocking chair except that when I was making the bundles, I was moving back and forth and I was making these little bundles of seeds and the beloved mother uh, said to me, make these bundles for the newborn babies. Give them to the baby, give them to the parents, and remind the parents that these seeds are also children that they need to be taken care of.
3: And so so the instructions were
0: to give to the child, and as I'm giving them to the children, to remind the parents that the seeds are also children, and they need to be taken care of for the future generations. And so with those instructions, I've given thousands and thousands and thousands of little bitty bundles. And as I started on my journey, I put the word out that I was doing this. And then I was told about the seed temple to erect a place to hold the little seeds. And so that journey started into creating this temple that is, it's nine feet underground and it it is in a temperature control environment. And so after that vision, I started to receive other visions about constructing temples for humanity. And the first temple that was constructed was the Temple of the Water. And in the Temple of the Water, I remember that I was doing something very mundane, like helping my son-in-law there at the Hogan. And he needed for me to go into Albuquerque to get something that he needed. But what I saw on my journey to Albuquerque was this enormous five-tongue rock that is this beautiful, very feminine rock And so I ended up becoming very attracted to this rock. And the rock was actually singing. And as she was singing, I started to cry. And the people that were selling the rocks um, said to me, I've never seen anything like this, you know, somebody crying, you know, over a rock. So I I asked about the price and all of this. And so I ended up uh, receiving an anonymous donation. And so I purchased the rock. And that was like the beginning of the water temple. And so this rock was the first thing that came. And the second uh, temple that was erected was um, the, the fire temple. The, uh, the fire temple came about,
3: the previous people had
0: neglected their garbage. And so they had buried it. And so what I did was that I took out everything that had been buried in there and it left an enormous cavity. It's so enormous that you can house about 40, 50 people, 60 people sitting down. And so we build the wall, of course, with volunteers and put in the sacred fire pit in there. And so that was the the coming of the fire. Um, Around there, um, the Wind Temple, was had been already constructed and it was brought from one area into the into the 40 acres the the last temple that was constructed was the is the earth temple and and, and pretty much there were uh, small garden areas that were constructed, circular garden area. Um, other small little buildings uh, were brought in. And when you come to the 40 acres to the path, you can um, witness these uh, temples. I tried to bring the people one by one to reintroduce them that we, like the seeds, we cannot live without these sacred elements of life, the water, the fire, the wind,
3: the earth. And so
0: I I remind people and sometimes people are really not thinking about, about that, because in the beginning I might ask them, "Do you know you know what the sacred elements of life are?" And so some of them do know, and some of them don't. but sometimes, you know, they cannot put everything together. so I remind them that in order for us to maintain life, we as humans, because we've forgotten how to do that. In order for us to maintain life, we have to be in balance and remember to set our prayers forth for the for the um, the sacredness of life.
2: Mm. Mm. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, The humming brings me back into the heart of all that
0: is the great mystery. Thank you to each and every one of you, much love and light
1: and we'll see you again. Thank you, I, um, I I just want to say that one of the things I'm always struck about whenever we speak or I hear you speak is, again, the way that you walk in the world and the way that you bring the invisible and the visible together in everything that you do. And I think that that's such a such a beautiful way and a beautiful teaching that you bring to us, that there is magic in, in, in all things and to to listen, you know, as you say, um, um, to the invisible. Thank you for sharing all that you did. Thank you. Thank you too.
0: to you. Thank you so very much. Thank you to Neil. Thank, thank you, me.
2: grandmother. It's nice yeah. meeting you and thank you for your energy and really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so very much. Have a blessed rest of your day.
1: Thank yes. You too. And if you can join us later, I know you may be busy, but if you can join us later, we'll be in we'll be in touch if you come back on for the q And and if not, we will we will talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Thanks.
2: Awesome. That was beautiful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to do a couple. I know we're bringing Trisha on now. I just want to do a couple um, websites just to um, acknowledge where people can follow up with both Mindahi and his work and with Fortamayo.